regardless of how bad you want to be in a sector, a circle, or an industry, you never want to come off as desperate. And you have to have that confidence in the room to know your worth, to know that there's always going to be someone better than you in that room, but that you still can hold your own. Welcome to the Creative Tax Podcast with Mike Brennan. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artist makers and content creators, where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram. I'm at MikeBone, or you can connect with me on my website, which is MikeBrennan.me. I would love for you to be a part of our Daily Creative Habit online community found over on Facebook. It is free, and it is filled with people who are creators of all types. And everyone there wants to show up more consistently so that they can produce better work and get that work out into the world. Whether it's for a hobby or for profession, we are creators and we need each other. And so this is a great community to be able to come alongside each other, encourage each other, learn from each other. And I want to extend that to you. Simply go to dailycreativehabit.com. You will see some resources there and you can click on join the Facebook group. I also want to point out that you can sign up for the Daily Creative Habit email newsletter. It's absolutely free. No one loves to get more and more email. Believe me, I'm in that camp too, but you certainly don't mind it when you get something of value. And that's what I believe that the Daily Creative Habit email newsletter is. It is valuable because I'm sharing all sorts of resources and ideas and creative prompts that can help you on your creative journey. So go to dailycreativehabit.com for that as well. And lastly, I want to invite you to grab a copy of my new book, Make Fun a Habit. And you can go to makefunahabit.com where I've set up all sorts of resources there as well. There is a fun Spotify playlist that is free. There are free coloring pages you can download as well as free Mad Lib types, uh, fill in the blank, uh, I call them fun libs. And um, there are also some other resources there available for you as well as links to get a signed copy of the book in either paperback or hardcover. Or if you wish, you can also order it from amazon.com. Go to makefunahabit.com and grab your copy today. Hey, I have a treat for you today. I get to sit down with Rob Jelinski, and he has been someone who, you know, we met once in person and we've been around each other, uh, each other's work even. He's actually a fellow New Jerseyan and um, just really appreciate his design sensibilities. He's someone who does work with his agencies. He has a family of brands that have uh, a variety of emphasis from uh, strategy to doing visual branding and design to even mentorship now. And uh, I love that he just appreciates great design. He appreciates concepts and he appreciates just putting work out into the world that's not only fulfilling to him, but that is also really serving people at a high level. And um, he's just a great guy. We have a great conversation, two creative people just chatting about some design stuff, geeking out. Uh, and even if design and art direction and all that stuff is foreign to you, that's not part of your world. I know that his journey and some of the things he has to say as far as the insights he's gleaned from opportunities he's had and um, just the work he's done will resonate with you. You'll be able to apply that and take that on your own journey as well. So be sure to listen to the end. Uh, Rob does offer a, uh, a special code for uh, listeners um, that may want to take him up on some of his mentorship. So uh, without further ado, here is my creative chat with Rob Jelinski. Well, hey, Rob, welcome to the Creative Chats podcast. Thank you so much for being here, man. This is so good. Yeah, my pleasure, Mike. Happy to be here. So uh, we were just chatting before recording, but, um, you know, we're, we're both from New Jersey uh, and ended up meeting along the way and at a gala event and just kind of been connected via online uh, since then. And, you know, it's great to see creative people in circles and how there are common people that kind of overlap and just kind of watching somebody else's journey evolve and change over time too. So, um, I know this is going to be a fun conversation today. I'm really looking forward to this. 
For sure, for sure. Yeah, same. Garden State, uh, Garden State uh, <laughs> hybrid of NYC all the way. Yep. And uh, and yeah, it's it's great to admire, uh, you know, what you're doing, the creative chats and all the different uh, avenues that you're bringing the art form and, and, and pushing those daily motivations is really something too. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. I also selfishly love when I get to talk with people who are a little more in like the design and advertising camp, because that's obviously what I've come out of. And so, uh, you know, I kind of sometimes geek out a little too much on some of that stuff. <laughs> and I have to remember that people listening may not be quite as familiar with some of that stuff. But um, regardless, it's a it's a guilty little pleasure of mine to kind of reconnect around some of those things. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, if you get me started, I'm definitely a design nerd, type nerd, brand nerd, all of that. So if you get me started, I'm going to go on a rant. Uh, for sure. And, and we'll geek out together and they can always skip ahead and, and just track forward a little <laughs> bit if they want. <laughs> totally. Um, so before we go too far into some things, right, uh, obviously you have a, a a bunch of different kind of a family of brands. I believe that's the term that you've used on your website. Um, but to boil down, like if you're at a party or something and somebody's like, hey, who are you? What do you do? Like, what's your go to phrase for that? For sure, for sure. So design director, uh, strategy, brand strategist are the two main terms that I throw out. And then I just use the founder. Uh, we do use the f uh, founder of a family of brands because it's just really nice to do that elevator pitch and just breeze over. Uh, we do have a number of them uh, that have built up over the years from uh, creative mentorship to actual design agency to strategy consultancy. But that's the gist of it. It boils down really nice if you just give that overview and then you wait for the listener to see, oh, what string do they want to pull on? Right, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, and, you know, I have this conversation often with creative people, especially who have more than one thing that they've kind of got their hand in because yeah. it's really easy to confuse people or lose people with the the list of things of here's what I do. Here's what how, what projects are going on. And, and you know, people want to just nicely put you into that box so they know, oh, you do this. Great. Now I understand. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so for sure. In, in terms of like your your journey now, right? Um, was this something that was on your radar as a kid as far as design and, and um, that visual identity and creativity piece? Um, or was this something that you've kind of stumbled into as you took art classes and explored? What does this look like for you? For sure, for sure. So I always loved drawing. I always loved drawing. My dad is actually an entrepreneur. He was an entrepreneur 30 years. I never thought that I myself would be an entrepreneur because, you know, you see the blood, sweat and tears that go right. into it. And you're like, yeah, I think I'd rather work for someone. So I feel like that part of my journey was more mapped out just by circumstances with the crash of 2008 in, in the sector. It really pushed me into uh, going full time freelance. Uh, but I, I always loved drawing, uh, graffiti, art, music, creativity was always a part of me and a part of my journey. I think design really set in, uh, in art school, my first graphic design class, graphic design 101. I mean, from like the first one or maybe the second one, I remember just loving design and just saying, no, this is what I'm going to be. Um, and going through and seeing what side of the set of the industry I fell into, I kind of fell into print design first, uh, because that was the opportunities that were open to me. I would have pictured myself more in web design. Uh, but again, I went heavily into print design, ended up working for printers for a number of years and running their art departments. And it really kind of pocketed me in that side of the industry. And then, uh, throughout the years, going into creative direction uh, for a startup, kind of expanded those doors more into design. Print, print departments can be very technical design as opposed to creative design and agency design. And then the rest kind of unfolded from there. Yeah, it's amazing how many like little niches there are within. And that was something that surprised me when I was in art school and realized I'm like, oh, it's not just, you know, graphic design as this broad statement, but really where are you niching down to? Um, is it web design? Is it print design? Even within print, is there packaging involved? Is there, you know, I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, and sure. it's interesting to see 
the differences between that and figure out what is what what aligns with your own sensibilities in that right mm -hmm. um and interests um so you you worked for a number of different companies and kind of learned some things got some things under your belt and grew right did you have a sense of like like here's where i want to go versus here's where i am and what i'm learning or was it just kind of like waiting to see what opportunities emerged um it was definitely looking definitely more looking with my career my journey it was more looking about where where do i want to go where do i need to go how can i move past the barriers um uh, again you can settle in very easily once you get into a full-time role, especially when you're in the same apps and things like that, I think freelance really helped me to develop, well, this is the work that I get paid to do, but this is the work I want to do and separating the difference. And then seeing from there, uh, early on, I got really great advice uh, from a mentor of mine that said, that said, well, well, you know, what, what work do you want to do? If you could work with your dreamiest client, what work would that be? And figuring out, oh, that would be work with Nike or with fashion brands, Chanel, MTV. That's the type of work. And that's really what helped me separate to say, if those are my ideal clients, that's the level and caliber of work I need to uh, start diving into, present on my website, either as a freelancer or when I officially founded my company uh, and, and design studio. And that's how you need to brand it, right? Right. Uh, back then, I, I, I mean, I founded my company in 2009. So it was really before um, even a lot of entrepreneurship was a buzzword or yeah. even brand, like people were still trying to figure out what is branding, right? Everyone had a different sense of it. It wasn't clearly carved out. Uh, it what definitely wasn't a layman's term like it is now. Uh, so there was a lot there that kind of had to develop along the way. And I really had to focus in and say, this is where I need to be. And that's what really helped me to say, uh, you know, aside from uh, the second printing company that I went to, it was a little toxic of an environment. So I didn't like it because of that. Although I was handling a lot of work for like Disney packaging and Marvel art and Star Wars art, which is like so intricate and amazing. Like if you really, I mean, I really would geek out on that as I was handling it for presses. Uh, just to say, wow, this art is really amazing. And uh, even from there, I, I just really knew I had to get out of print and I had to get more into design, that even though it was uh, still working with the same software and, and things like that, there just wasn't enough creativity to to fill the days. Yeah. So when you're encountering younger designers and younger creative people, and they're looking towards, okay, here's someplace that I want to be, but here's where I am. And the gap seems so far, like you want to work with that caliber of clients. And they're like, but how do you even do that? Like, I don't have connections. I don't have, you know, I mean, aside from just doing some spec work or more mock-up work of going like, this is what I would do if I were working for them. What, what advice would you give somebody who is staring at that gap and standing in that right now? Mm -hmm, for sure. Uh, I would definitely say uh, I can't speak highly enough of creative coaches, mentors, friends that have that experience. Make sure you have a close circle of wherever you're trying to achieve um, within the industry, trying to build those connections intentionally. Uh, and everyone kind of knows that, but we more think of it as let me try and build those connections so that they can open the doors. Most times that isn't what unfolds. Uh, you know, the people who you're connected with very rarely have openings and job openings, and you really don't want to harass them, but they are a wealth and a storehouse of knowledge that you can access to give them, ask them little questions. Uh, hey, what about this? Or I really want to go after this type of client. Uh, there's, there's just so much wealth in that. Mentors, coaches can really point you in, in the right direction and they know how to hear you. They know how to hear you and, 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 uh, boil down where you are and where you're trying to go and can give you actionable steps that you can make daily progress on. Mm. So you've worked with, I mean, global brands and you, you have some pretty impressive clientele in that regard. And when you started moving in that direction, like, was it the kind of thing where you secured one 
of those kind of higher profile clients. And that helped open the doors for more because it was like, oh, well, if, if this company's working with these people, then obviously they know what they're doing. And there's a there's a level of work that's being done there that we can trust them to do the same for us. Is that is that true? Or is there another kind of way that that unfolded? Yes, yes. So a lot of it is brand image and brand positioning for yourself as a personal brand. So I can't say that it comes down to just one client, but it is a mixture of how you're presenting yourself, the way you're showcasing your work. It's very different if you're showcasing your work to appeal to an agency, the approach, the positioning, the brand image that you present, it had the deck that you send them. It's going to be, uh, 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 visually different than one that you're just trying to send out to big box stores, right? Like a Costco or Costco work. So some of it plays into that. Some of it does play into, you have to get that one client where you can build the trust so that you can build that recognition when you're trying to break into those new sectors. And some of it also comes down to um, the, the way I like to put it is, is people always, every client or business or organization, they want to work with with talent that's already successful so if any way you can show that you're already successful is going to be a plus in those areas and and gaining that trust or breaking into those new sectors and circles yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense because then you're you're showing that you have initiative too right like that you are having agency ownership <clears throat> over your own journey you know, waiting for some opportunity to fall in your lap, right? Or somebody to discover you kind of thing. Um, and I think that's, you know, so key with what you were saying as far as the building of relationships part too, and knowing enough of the in industry that you're you're in or want to be in to know how do things work? Because that certainly would be uh, a block, I would think. Uh, and I know that I've experienced that in the past where there are sometimes things that you just don't know that you don't know. And then once you find that out, you're like, ooh, okay, I need to course correct here a little bit. I need to up my game in a certain way so that I can be seen and accepted and have and be a part of those conversations I want to be a part of, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I think another part that comes down to it is you definitely have to have that confidence. Sometimes um, confidence presents itself in different ways, um, regardless of how bad you want to be in a sector, a circle, or an industry, you never want to come off as desperate. And you have to have that confidence in the room to know your worth, to know that there's always going to be someone better than you in that room, but that you still can hold your own. And then learning along the way, right? We're all going to learn along the way. You use the great term, of course, correct, right? You make a mistake. Oh, I don't want to do that next time, right? And right. you learn. But trying is always better than not trying. And you'll sometimes you really have to see the door that you want to open and knock a few times. Like mm. uh, for many of us, we it doesn't just fall in our lap. We really have to see the door. We have to know that this is the door that we're intentionally trying to go through. And we have to knock a few times. And after you knock a few times uh, and maybe even try a few different knocks, right? Try, try a beat, try a pattern, try something <laughs> to get their attention. You know, be yeah. creative even with that. When right. you knock a few times, it is human nature that that uh, someone will be interested in in what you have to say. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny too because <clears throat> some of the stuff also reminds me of like when I get the question, people ask me, "Was it worth going to art school?" Right? Because that's a big one, especially today, where yes. there's so much information available online. Uh, I mean, information is free and wide and almost overwhelming it sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I think beyond the, okay, learning a technical skill of something, um, for me, art school was great because it helped set the bar. Uh, like you said, kind of the caliber of work, um, the people who I was with, not only fellow students, but also the professors, they're in the field working and they're working on things that you're seeing and you're like, okay, I can, I know immediately this is timely information and timely um, trends that they're on top of and, and so forth. Um, they're not somebody who was in the field 20 years ago, you know, but, but all that to say, like they, they set a tone and a, an expectation of like, okay, you do what you need to do. You step up and you figure out how to position yourself above and you figure out how to creatively 
get yourself in front of somebody. Um, and I think those things were really valuable lessons early on for me. I don't know if you feel the same, but um, in, in going, okay, this is what is the standard. And then from here, you just go up, you build on this. Uh, would you yeah. say that's been your experience too? Yes, yes. So I, absolutely. I think it comes down to feedback and connections, right? When you're in school, you can't pay for the connections. Like the professors are literally there to monitor what you're doing. They're always watching and not in a bad way, but they're also trying to always see uh, what new talent, what, what's the new talent interested in, uh, who, who are the bright minds that I can possibly hire or, or they already have those connections that are fluid within their circles. So those connections, you really can't play that down. Um, I, I think that aside from traditional educational experiences, there are other ways that you can form those relationships or circles. They may not be as expedited, but you can, but you have to be making the connections. Uh, you know, again, there's many different approaches, but it has to be done. And then feedback, right? People yeah. are giving us feedback all the time. Uh, whether it's a client that's saying, I hate this work, that's feedback. How do we take that? Someone who doesn't respond to our cold call email or, or even, uh, you know, the compliments that you're giving. I don't think that we can compliment other creatives that we admire um, and, even just colleagues in our sectors enough, uh, that goes a long way. You know, there's lots of people that, again, they don't have the confidence. So what do they do? They try and tear someone else down to build themselves up. It yeah. goes a long way when you're able to also cheer on your, your peers, uh, regardless of how things are going. So I think, you know, taking that feedback from real life, however you get it, and whatever learning in sector is really important. Yeah. Yeah. I always say too, it's, it's really more championing a community over competition because it's so easy to let competition either be the, like you said, tearing other people down to try to make yourself feel better or the opposite of that, of like going, well, there's already so many great people doing great work and who am I, and I can't stand up against them. And you know, that whole, you know, just trail that you don't even want to go on. Um, and I think when you come to that place of, yeah, going like, this is who I am, this is what I have to offer. And you, you get more comfortable with who you are and the skill set that you bring to the table and the creativity you bring to the table, then you can really lean into that. And then you're not threatened by other people. You're, you can, like you said, encourage and go, dude, that was awesome. That's killer. I love the work that you did there. Um, and even ask questions and learn, right? Because otherwise you're, you're not allowing yourself those opportunities to grow either. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we, many of us have the same tools, but we'll all use them differently. Mm -hmm. Our brains are all wired, but they're all wired differently. It's our personality. It's all of the things that make us up for who we are. So even if you're standing next to someone who is very decorated as a designer and artist agency levels, uh, you still have something unique to bring to the table. And that's really powerful to always remind yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious when you were kind of on this iteration of, of what your business looks like and what your offerings look like, did you early on realize that strategy needed to be a big part of that? Now, I know you've kind of separated out some things in your family of brands, but because mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people, they don't necessarily think of that, especially if, if it's someone who's a designer, who's a freelance designer, or, or they're just starting their, their own thing, they think, mostly the skill set of I'm designing, I'm art directing, I'm, that, that comes first. And then the strategy piece, that while they may be doing some of that stuff, they're not really thinking about, oh, this is actually something that is kind of separate that I should be charging for, or at least should be in the mix in the conversation, right? Yes, yes. So there's a lot of loss of appreciation for strategy with the rise of, you know, coaches, consultants, strategists, there's more appreciation for it. But sometimes it, it often, it falls on the audience, but it also falls on us as designers where sometimes we just don't explain the strategy. Right. We don't explain why, why we did what we did, how it can strategically work for their brand. And the more that we highlight that and showcase that this is separate, we're selling ideas here, right? And that this makes all the difference in your outcome, the, the, the more that it, it validates and values the, serve, the end result and the end service that you're giving. So I think it, it definitely is underplayed for designers, artists, creatives. We need to let 
uh, our audience in on the way that we think. And in safe spaces, because I know especially, uh, you know, how much you share online has always been a concern. Now with AI, many of us as artists, we're afraid to show too much of our process because we think that the robots are just going to steal it, which they probably are, uh, you know, the frenemies, right? Uh, yeah. so, so how do we showcase that, right? Those discovery meetings with, with the clients before uh, discovery documents to say, hey, what, what are your goals? Tell us about the company. Having those educated conversations and letting the client in on uh, our thinking at key points in the process are really, really helpful. And that's made all the difference from moving from uh, uh, just a freelance designer or design boutique to an agency. Agencies do that and agencies are appreciated for that. So anyone wanting to do agency level work and beyond uh, and also charge for that strategy, you, ha you have to really educate your audience of, of, of why this is an additional service or why this should be valuable. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because I think that's not something that is intuitive by any means. And I know, I mean, it's been, I won't say how long since I've been in art school, but um, <laughs> certainly those things were not talked about in terms of uh, the entrepreneurial avenue. It was more so get a job at an agency or at a company and getting your portfolio in line with that kind of stuff. And so, so much of that stuff I've had to learn kind of on the job, so to speak, um, and in the process and really surrounding myself with people who have nothing to do with design or art or visual, you know, communication, just other business people, other entrepreneurs in even other industries and going, how can I learn from them and then apply to my own context? Um, mm -hmm. Is that something that like the strategy piece, is that something that you feel like, um, do, you, do you lean one way or the other as far as like more, um, I'm geeking out about the, the actual visual art stuff or the strategy piece, the thinking and concepts, like where do you fall in that spectrum? Hmm. So I'm, me personally, as a creative, I am both right and left-brained, so I could go either way. It really depends on what's needed. Uh, I love both. I love both, and one of the reasons that it ended up breaking into two separate companies of my strategy studio and also the Infinite Design Agency is the fact that when they were bundled together, the strategy would always get lost. The client would just expect it. They wouldn't want to pay for it. They wouldn't give time to explain it. So it really needed its own wheelhouse. Uh, but I, I think both are equally important. Uh, one, one could not live or thrive or succeed without the other. So they're both equally important. Uh, it is a big component of how it, it comes together. And that's important that it's within our family of brands that they could be two separate entities of infinite design studio and our strategy consultancy and also stack together. And that's mm -hmm. been, been, been really powerful as well. Mm. Yeah. It's, you know, I think usually people, um, like you said, having that left, right thing is, is, is definitely an asset and, um, people usually lean more one way or the other. It's always funny when I encounter people who are like, you know, as a creative person, you're like pretty practical. Um, you're not like the flighty, like, Ooh, we're going to wait for the muse to come, you know, and you're yes, not like just yes. the, all the other way of all, just completely logic and whatever. Um, and it's funny because I never really thought about that until some people started pointing that out in me. Yes. And I was like, Hmm, interesting. You know, um, those are all things that, that can help you show up more intentionally with that stuff that maybe is a little more intuitive and, and elusive for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely a unicorn, very rare. Uh, I didn't realize how rare it was, again, until clients kept mentioning it to, you know, it was earlier on in my journey, but they kept mentioning it like, oh, well, you're very organized when I was a solo entrepreneur. Like, you're very organized and you're creative. Like, this is very rare. And I was like, is it? You know, I, I really didn't realize that it was that rare. It is very rare. But it, uh, again, you know, there, it's, it's very rare to be both. As you grow your business or your journey, that's where I feel co-founders, partners, making sure that you have a team. If you lean heavily on either side, 
it's it's going to be uh, very essential for you early on to make sure that that's balanced. Otherwise, you're only going to attract the clients that are only data related, uh, right to the point, and you're never going to get the creative work that you're looking to pull right. in or vice versa. So that's really essential. I can't pass that advice along enough. Again, yeah. it, it is very rare. Yeah, yeah. Has there been... Uh, maybe a, a, a significant moment along in your journey that was one that really uh, informed where you are today in terms of like, maybe it was a, a trial or, or something that was, you know, you had to kind of go through in this process, or maybe it was even an opportunity that was really amazing that you feel like helped shaped you and it even continues to set the trajectory. Sure. Uh, I think there's been, opportunities that have come my way that sometimes have scared me to say like, I don't even know if I'm qualified to do this. Like what? And you get that imposter syndrome and say like, well, what qualifies me to go for this and just going for it and saying, well, I'm going to try. They could always say no. And if, if they feel I'm not the right fit, then they'll say no. And watching the door open has told me that, you know, we are our worst critic and and just go for it go for it i mean by all means take those calculated risks try and do it to the best of your ability but you know and un unless there's really uh you know 90 percent outweighing your chances of getting it go for it the worst they could say is no i think that's probably been uh some of the the trials that have been my biggest defining factors uh and then sometimes embracing opportunities not that they're too big or out of your reach, but they just come up out of out of the out of nowhere. You know, there's been times where, uh, let's say, uh, years ago, I had the opportunity to be a part of a closing bell ceremony for the New York Stock Exchange um, for an organization that I was affiliated with, still am affiliated with, uh, for entrepreneurship. And I mean, it was only a few days' notice, and I was kind of like, "Do I belong at the stock exchange?" And I was like. Uh, well, I think that would be really crazy cool. So let, let me clear my calendar, move things around and say yes. You know, and a lot of my journey, I feel like has just come from saying yes or seizing those opportunities, uh, trying to make use of the ones that even like there's never really time for some of the opportunities to end up being your biggest. Right. There were times that I, I participated in art tours that was really propelled me into a global way of thinking, which has really transformed the way that I think even well before uh, back when it was Skype or now Zoom, you know, and, and just having that global sense of business that many small business owners don't have. Um, I mean, I had to stay up every night till like 3 a.m. While, while, while my first kid was like, you know, uh, up half of the night. And, and it was like a crazy time of life. And I had every reason to say, I should not do this. And yet that's the thing that has opened up a lot of doors. Again, it opened up a lot of ways of thinking. Um, and, and just, you know, don't, don't talk yourself out of opportunities. My wife has also helped me talk me out of not talking myself out of uh, opportunities early on, uh, that have really been pivotal, uh, from, you know, being a small, small business, uh, mentor and coach, uh, for the past 10 years, I tried to talk myself out of it. I was like, I, I, I don't know if I should do this. It sounds like a lot. It could be a lot of hassle. And again, that, that opened up new streams of revenue, new markets, new ways of thinking, uh, unlock different areas for public speaking for my personal brand and things like that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And you're right about, you know, opportunities. It's funny because you think, well, if I get this opportunity, it seems like it's really big, then it's going to be the thing that changes everything. And usually yeah. like it's good. And certainly it, it helps to have that opportunity because you're growing and you're making connections and you're doing a certain kind of work, but it's not like all of a sudden the dam releases and now we're yeah. in a whole new <laughs> you know, yeah. universe. Um, and so I think it's important to, to temper that with the keep showing up every day, doing the work that's before you, building the relationships, um, pouring into yourself, pouring into others and remembering that it is a journey. 
Um, and there will be twists and turns and things that you don't expect. Um, and that's all part of that, right? Yeah. Um, aside from opportunity and some of the things you already spoke about, it, has there been anything that's been surprising to you about this journey? Hmm. Uh, surprising. I, I, I can't say that there has been. Uh, I, I, I feel like the surprising, well, let me say this. I think the surprising part of the journey is that, again, many of us think that this one opportunity or this one lead, this one new client is going to just revolutionize everything. It doesn't work that way. And many times as we're going through this journey, we have, especially for creatives, we have a lot of emotion and we put out a lot of emotion. So many times you feel the high highs of the mountains and the low lows of the valley minutes uh, mm -hmm. in between each other, days in between each other. Uh, you know, you could be in totally different places with your emotions uh, in business and in personal life, your personal brand and, and the agencies or uh, companies and brands that you're building. So I think that's surprising is that you can feel all of it. And I, I don't think that that's spoken of enough, um, you know, especially online uh, when, when you're learning all these best practices, it, you're going to feel all of it. We're only watching highlight reels and, right. and, and key content from the people who we admire. But all of us, we're all human. We still all bleed. We all feel all of it. Um, and, and acknowledging that I think is, is very helpful. And I think that that was the, the biggest surprise for me. If I had to choose one, just because again, you, you see the success of other people, you admire them and you think that when you reach a certain level, that's all you'll feel is happiness, right? Mm -hmm. The flowers, the daisies, you're running through it. Like even when you get dream clients, they still come with, with the, the pain points of having ideal clients, right? So you're always going to feel both. So if wow. I had to choose something, I would say that. Nice. Yeah. I, I, I want to give you an opportunity to, to brag a little bit here as much as you can or want to, but um, talk a little bit about some of the, the projects that you've worked on that have been like just amazing. And some of the clients where you're like, I can't believe this. Hmm. Um, one, one that comes to mind is uh, our Grammy award-winning uh, artist, Maya Azucena. She's tours the world. Uh, we did her branding. We've worked on for worked with her for about five or six years now with Infinite Design as well as Strategy. She's amazing and creative and just so fun to work with. And uh, we we redid the branding um, uh, last year and seeing it on big screens. In you know she did she did a massive concert in Dubai uh, for the new year and just seeing artwork that we created like in those spaces, uh, like screens like Times Square, it, it's, it's just unreal. Um, seeing our clients pop up in main media, like the New York Times, seeing our work on the Today Show, those are like out of body experiences. Seeing uh, uh, artwork and illustration that, my that I've illustrated and my company has designed flying Rockefeller Center last year for the second time uh, again, out of, out of body. It's just like, literally like I, I, I always wanted to work with, um, with the type of clientele, but I kind of never dreamed those opportunities of like the works being seen in main media until it happened. Right. Yeah. And you see the work in a New York times article and you're like, wow, this is crazy, you know? And then to see, uh, to see just things like happen, like that across the board for the family of brands. Um, my mom passed away from cancer um, uh, eight years, going on eight years. Uh, would have been her birthday later on this month. And uh, a brand of, of Macy's used it in one of their collections uh, earlier this year. And just seeing that, again, a beautiful moment. Uh, so just seeing all of those things, uh, you know, just kind of come around. I think those are, are definitely uh, just out of this world. Some dreams you visualize and you picture and you set them as goals and other things, they just surprise you. 
I, I, I tend to find the ones that just surprise me and I'm like, whoa, that wasn't even a goal. Like I didn't even <laughs> think or dream about that. Or, or maybe I dreamed about that years ago, uh, you know, is, 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 is just, it's just really, really cool. Mm, I love that. I love that. Especially because it's encouraging for others to be thinking in terms of like, you know, as someone who's sitting in a cubicle right now and they're, they're doing their creative work and they're hired by a company and they've got goals, they've got some dreams. But I think sometimes there's that voice that says, well, that's possible for everybody else, but not for me. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and to know like you can, you know, it takes taking chances. It takes stepping out. It takes the ownership over yourself, like we talked about before. But and saying yes to those things, like you you were talking about earlier, the opportunities to come that scare you, that stepping into those things, realizing like this is all part of it. It's and it's not going to be delivered to you, but opportunities are there. And be engaged, serve, be the best version of you that you can be. Continue to work on yourself, work on your your creative work, and you know, see what happens. Um, yeah. cause it's, it can be some amazing things, you know, and, and I know what you're talking about with that. Like, sometimes you, you sit back and go like, how, how did I even get here? How, how did this even happen? Like I've yeah. had some of those moments over the past couple of years and I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, and, and there's the sense of, you know, you, you're like, well, I've certainly haven't quote arrived by any means, yeah. you know, I mean, I think especially as creative people, we're always looking at the next thing. Um, and the new thing, especially cause it's something that's not created yet. Right. Um, but there is that sense of like, oh, wow, like I want to make sure that I mark this moment enough that I don't rush past it. Um, yeah. and I don't know if you, you struggle with this, but I certainly struggle with stopping and celebrating enough because yes. it's always here's what's next. Here's what's next. And the next keeps me from the now. And mm -hmm. so I've made some things where part of my daily creative habit process is like going, no, we're going to celebrate and make sure that even if it's small things, we're acknowledging what happened today, what just happened before I move on, because it helps me see where I came from. It helps me see what the value of the work was. It helped me realize what I've learned before I just rush forward, right? I mean, do you resonate with that at all? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm so much of what you just said, I resonate with. I'm definitely, I, I feel many of us that have goals and we're goal setters and we're goal getters, that's the way that we are. Okay, what's the next thing, mm -hmm. right? And, and we have to intentionally pause and celebrate. Uh, it could be celebrating, find a way that's good for you, celebrating over a cup of coffee. I like to celebrate little moments on social because a lot of times uh, they get lost in the mix, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. celebrating, oh, that I was on a podcast or or, or that I was on this or, or, oh, there was a fun email that came through where there was a client that was really happy today, you know, like just yeah. celebrating that uh, is, is, is really great. Telling someone, having a beer over it, whatever it may be, you have to celebrate that because if you're always on to the next thing, the goal is always going to feel out of reach. Mm -hmm. It will feel like you've never attained anything. Success will always be elusive. Whereas if you uh, mentally and intentionally celebrate the, the wins, they only fuel you and drive you towards more wins. So that's definitely a great, a great thing. Happy to hear you, you say that. And I would recommend that for everyone, uh, for sure. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. So at the risk of pushing back at that a little bit, because I want to ask you a question about the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. What are some things that you have yet to do that you'd love to do? Uh, really expanding, uh, even more globally, uh, more globally, more global work. There's always new levels of agency work and, and clients and caliber. I'd still love to work with, with more fashion brands, uh, athletic brands or, you know, models, model agencies, film. Those are definitely things that are on the radar uh, more corporations and just, you know, main players in the sector. Uh, a, a lot of our clients still are more on the small business side, uh, which I love. I love empowering that. As I said, my dad was an entrepreneur of 33 years, and I love being able to give back to uh, all of the startups, the founders, the small businesses, the entrepreneurs, creative entrepreneurs. 
Uh, but I, I would really love to see more of that just continue to unfold uh, new levels in the sectors that we're already in, but just, you know, new levels, just like any, any, uh, any plateau, just getting to a new one and, and always keeping the sights up, right? Mm -hmm. You're always yeah. looking up uh, and, and elevating that. And there's always something that could be done or redone, maybe that isn't right. working great. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any um, personal creative habits that help you and that you like just protect those? Those are just yours and don't necessarily get fed into a project specifically. Hmm. Uh, so I'm a big believer of uh, of having hobbies that are also could be either multiple streams of income mm -hmm. or, you know, again, those side hustles. Um, so. I don't know that I could weigh in too much on this. I, I feel like uh, creative habits, I just like to pull from anything around me, from interior design to the, the, the latte art from my barista, right, uh, to appreciating a good film, um, good cuisine, all of those things. Honestly, I really just try and take it in. Uh, I try and surround myself with inspiration in any way, shape or form. Music is definitely a creative habit. Um, I, I design to music. I, I recommend that, you know, there's just so much energy in that art form and it's just a great way to unlock ideas. Um, so I would say that those are probably, uh, the most of my creative habits. Um, I feel like once I really start, I would love to do more illustration, mm -hmm. do daily sketching. I, you're so much better than, than, than me at that. And kosher kunown. I mean, mm -hmm, you guys are yeah. just like amazing. I, it's, it's that in and of itself. I wish I did more of, uh, but I just try and take in inspiration from, from everything. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so important too, because it's the stuff that you take in, you know, it's just like everything else. It's the ingredients, right. And it informs you it informs your taste and your caliber of, of things that you consider to be worthy of your time and attention and mm -hmm. um, to not squander that or take that lightly by any means. Um, yeah. It's good to be intentional about that. So yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I would love to know just as we're kind of wrapping up things here, um, a little bit about you've mentioned, you know, mentorship and um, just where that came from, what that looks like. And um, I know you, you kind of have, a thing that you can actually point people towards today as we're kind of rounding things out. For sure. For sure. So uh, the newest brand of our family of brands is uh, think art director, which is um, all about that. It's a hybrid consultancy for mentorship, mentorship slash coaching for creatives uh, from content creators, copywriters, lettering artists, directors, multiple levels. Um, and really it was created because the last few years, I would say the last five years, but really the last three years, I've just felt so strongly that there's just such a breakdown in mentorship. Um, as creatives, we're all so busy actually completing the tasks that we just don't really have a lot of time to devote to mentorship. And I'm seeing more and more of this gap uh, I'm also seeing that with next generations, because there's so much information, it's causing kind of this like deer in headlight syndrome mm -hmm. where they're just pausing and getting frozen and just staying in these feelings of, I can't handle it. I can't cut it. My talent isn't good enough. And they just need someone to someone or someone's to, to see their talent, be able to point them in the right direction that has been in the industry and could really give them that honest feedback, but not like rude, honest feedback, encouraging, honest feedback that they can actually do something with and next steps that they can take in, in whatever, whatever uh, state of finances they're in, whatever season of life they're in uh, a job that they hate, you know, whatever it may be, just having those resources and having those insights. Uh, so that's really what it was birthed out of. Uh, it's been a long time coming. I could definitely see it unfolding uh, into other things such as a book. Uh, it's definitely something um, that it really pushed me. I, I turned 40 last year. I heard uh, a speaker 
uh, speak and they were talking, they're an author, they were talking about all the books that they've written. And they said, when I wrote a book, when I was 30, I thought it was the best idea I ever had. And then when I turned 50, I wrote another one and I said, oh, oh, all the others are garbage, right? And they said, and they said something just so profound. And they said, and I started thinking, you know, what if this is like, as they got up in age, I want to say they're around like 70, 75. Mm -hmm. And they said, you know, what's the one thing I need to leave with this world? What's the legacy? What's the idea that I need to leave? And that's just really stuck with me and pushed me to say, you know what? Uh, This idea of mentorship, I've tried it for a number of years. I was interviewed by uh, uh, Communication Arts Magazine for mentorship about five years ago. And it just never took off the way that I wanted. And I, I said, you know what? I have to just really push this thing forward. I think it's so needed. And that's what it unfolded into. So it is a hybrid uh, of, of where you're commissioning paid mentorship, paid coaching. Um, and, and it's gotten a great response so far. Uh, excited for it. It is rather new. It just, it just launched uh, a, a few months ago. Um, but they can visit thinkartdirector.com, which I know you'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, anyone who mentions um, uh, Creative Chats uh, as the promo code, when they reach out, they could get 10% off of their, their first service. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, as with all your things, I mean, it just looks amazing. I was poking around the website and I'm like, man, I just, I so appreciate when good design is there and good, you know, just architecture of things. I mean, it's, you know, obviously we would expect nothing less, right? (laughs) Uh, Thanks so much. Yeah, but it's uh, it's just great to see all those pieces, uh, the family of brands, uh, the amazing work that you continue to do. Uh, I'm so just happy to be connected with you and encouraged by um, when you're posting stuff on social. I'm like, man, just mm, it's good. I'm, I'm there cheering you on, on the sidelines. So appreciate you, man. Same same here, Mike. I, I, I love to see. I mean, I feel like you're doing so much public speaking and that's definitely something that's on the horizon for me. So I'm like, yeah, Mike is just like this event, that event. It's, it's, it's just awesome. And, uh, and, and the ideas and the concepts and the wealth of knowledge that you have to share is, is just amazing. So I'm cheering you on too. love the work that you're doing. And uh, I, I mean, uh, what is it? The Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that illustration. One of my favorites, you know, oh, it's, thanks. it's just, yeah. It's, it's just awesome. So it's just so, so honored to be here uh, and to have this chat. And it was just a lot of fun. So thank you for having me. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others.